welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. So, as always, thank you so much to everyone who's been listening to my episodes, to my guests for being on the show, and to everyone who's been following along on social media. If you're not following us already, follow us at Queen of Calm Podcast on Instagram and at Queen of Calm Pod on Twitter. Also, if you're feeling generous and have a few extra minutes on your hands, please head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. It's very much appreciated. So today's show is all about getting advice, and that's one of the cornerstones of this podcast because my goal in creating this is to get as much advice out to my listeners as possible. So whether you're a college girl just starting out, freshman, sophomore, trying to learn about the comm industry and the major, uh, I have a lot of great guests who are giving advice on that. But also if you're later on in the process, junior, senior, even a recent grad, Um, A lot of great guests have been giving tips about the job process, about internships, so be sure to check out my past episodes. But today's guest is an expert on giving advice, as she does so, so well on her blog. Um, And she's here to give tips about post-grad life, apartments, you know, cover letters, resumes, um, but also in college, what you can be doing to stand out. Um, And also, she's going to talk about working freelance, writing jobs, and how that kind of works. So be sure to stay tuned for the interview. She gives a lot of great tips. My next guest is the founder of a fabulous advice blog, Eyeliner Wings and Pretty Things, and also works as a lifestyle and entertainment editor at Insider. Please welcome Paige DeFiore to the podcast. Welcome, Paige. I'm so glad to have you. Hello. Happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't we get started with how you got interested in the editorial world? Yeah, so I always kind of liked writing, and I loved movies like 13 Going on 30 and like Devil Wears Prada, and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's a moment. But then when I was going to college, I was like, that's not going to be a real job. That's going to be so hard to get into. Maybe I should just be a teacher. And everyone was like, you would never be a good teacher. Like, no, <laughs> like, stop it for you. I was like, fair. I'm like, maybe I'll do advertising. And then I like, I was like, Ugh. and then eventually I was like, you know what? My mom was like, you get one life, like do the thing you want to do. So I was like, I'll do journalism and we'll see how it goes. And I just, I loved it. And like, like you mentioned, like I started a blog and I was like, I love also being able to do what I want to do. And I was always writing for the websites, like her campus and everything. I was like, this is the stuff that we cover is so fun. Like, this is just the best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. And I love those movies as well. My two favorite movies. And they they do really make you want to get into the journalism industry. (laughs) Um, So why don't we talk about your blog a little bit? So how did that all start for you? And you know, how is it going today? Yeah, so I started that, I think the end of freshman year, the beginning of sophomore year, I remember, I think the Odyssey had like come to Maris at that point. And like, I wanted to be a part of it. And I kind of was, and I was like, this isn't what I want to do. Like, these, this is like not my style. I don't want to do like GIF roundups. Like I want to like share advice and like help. Like I love service journalism. So I was like, I feel like I have so many good tips. that I wish someone told me, like, I was like, I want to feel like the older sister that I don't have. I'm just going to start writing. And eventually I did. And then I got like some sponsorships and I was like, maybe I could actually make this a thing. So software, I just like totally dove into it. And part of it was like, I also was like writing for like the campus papers and like her campus and stuff. And I was like, I want to write what I want to write about. And like, I want to like be able to have full control of it. Like I've always had like big, like I want to be in charge of energy. So I was like, I can run this thing. And when I started getting money for it, I was like, okay, this is good. Nice to be able to like pay for things. And I had my friend go around campus, like take pictures of me for like posts. I got to go to like fashion week to write a post about it. And like, I got like a laptop and I was like, this is so great. This is so fun. And I'm not gonna lie. Once I graduated, I kind of fell off of it a little bit. Cause I was just like, I don't know what to give advice on anymore. Cause a lot of it was college. And now I'm just like, well, I'm like an adult now. I don't know. 
I haven't been super great about keeping up with it, but I post now and then about like apartments and like career stuff. So that's why I love the idea of this podcast too, because this is like the kind of stuff I consume constantly. It's just like advice. What should I be packing? What even now when I'm like, what things do I need for my first apartment? I just, I love that stuff. So like, I'm just going to do it myself. And it was like really easy to learn. I'm like, I can figure it out. (laughs) Well, I love your blog and all the tips and advice you give are so great. Um, so what are your biggest tips for, you know, recent grads right now? Because it's definitely such a different time right now, looking for jobs and everything. I'm going through it right now. Um, so what are your biggest tips? Yeah. So I, right now is like a very bad time to be looking for things, but it's also a good time to like do projects like that. Like something like starting a blog, even like with this, like having a podcast, like I help hire people. And like, whenever I see someone has like a thing they do or like a passion project or like even just the fact like, like if you created something like that's really cool. So like, that's a good time to do that. You could also sometimes get money from it eventually, which is also really nice to have, especially when you're like job hunting. Um, I would say do that and like learn how to write a good cover letter with personality because that will get you so far. I've read hundreds of cover letters. And like, I always thought when I was applying to things, I'm like, everyone must be writing amazing cover letters. And like, that's why I'm not doing like the big Hearst internships and everything. And I have learned that no, it's connections. A lot of people are getting these with connections. It's not that I'm writing a terrible cover letter. I need to have more confidence in myself. And also so many cover letters are horrible. Like a lot of people don't know how to write a cover letter. So if you couldn't figure out how to do it, especially in this industry and like have a personality, it stands out every time. Like if you literally just like give me a story that's relevant, I'm like, who are they? Like, I want to talk to them. Like, they seem cool. like just that is like the biggest thing I could say, like your resume does matter, but like having a good cover letter means so much more. And I know everyone hates them, but like, just re- write something that you would want to read. Cause like the people who are looking at them doesn't want to read them either. So <laughs> that's my chaotic advice. <laughs> yeah. What, so speaking of cover letters, what do you think is like the one thing that you definitely need in a cover letter to make it like, you know, go to any, any company you're applying for? Yes. My favorite thing is for the first paragraph, like give me, like paint me a picture, give me a story. Like one of my ones that I used a lot and I actually used it to get hired at Insiders a fellow years ago, which is like, oh my gosh, like, and also show that you know the website. So I'd be like reading Insiders, like sitting down for a brunch with my girlfriends and learning <laughs> about, like the latest Lord album and breaking news and like the best place to travel for under like $200, like listing like things I saw on the website and also being like, see, I'm fun. I could give like a little story and then kind of just like telling my experience instead of listing. Like I hate when people list like I'm very organized. I'm very hardworking. Give me a story instead. Like I can learn all of that from your resume. But if you're like, like, you know, this one time, like I helped save this event from crumbling. Like we had 10 minutes until the curtain rose and I was down on my knees, like scrubbing the floor because someone had spilled something and I was managing all this stuff. And I'm like, yes, that shows me that you can manage tasks. You can be a leader. You can step in, jump in. Like, I love when people just like, give me like actual examples and stories. And like, that's what I did for a lot of my cover letters. I'm like, these are so boring. I'm like, I hate being boring. I hate feeling bored. I'm just going to go for it. Like some of my cover letters were not great. Like I made like food puns for like, I think I applied to Delish and I was like, no wonder the environment is so bad. But I think just showing like, I do read your website. I have a personality and like, I'm literally going to sh- like tell you about a time where I did something. Even if it's like one example, everyone has them. And like, sometimes you just need to like talk to your friends. Like I love helping my friends with cover letters. Cause I'll be like, you're underselling yourself. How about when you did this and you did this and you did this. And she's like, oh wait, I did do those things. I'm like, yeah. And you were awesome. Like sometimes you just need to like have more confidence because I feel like everyone's like I hate cover letters it's so bad it's like you need someone to like gas you up and like you just need to give me a specific example do not ever list a bunch of adjectives anyone could say that I could say that I'm like very calm and that's just not true <laughs> <laughs> um 
and yeah, about the cover letters, you know, they, they're kind of time consuming to write, you know, for each company and tailor it separately, but I think it's so worth it to, you know, have that personal connection. And, you know, sometimes these stories can really, you can bring it through to the interview too, if you get an interview and, you know, talk about the things that you talked about in your cover letter. Yeah, it also gives you like a really good place to kind of talk with, with like the recruiters, because usually they're like, oh, I saw on your res like your cover letter that you mentioned this, or your resume, and also popping in the keywords from like the job listings too, especially if you have a good example that is like indirectly showing you can do these things. Like I managed freelancers and the internship I originally applied for was for that. So I made sure to mention that when I was at credit.com, which a lot of my internships have like nothing to do what I do now. <laughs> so like I have a very chaotic background. I know a lot of people like I went from Cosmo to L to this. I'm like, from like weird janky websites that are shut down beauty apps to like credit.com where I knew nothing about what I learned but I was like oh I managed I ended up managing like a bunch of like 60 and 70 year old men who wrote about credit cards for us and I was like I could spin that and like if I can manage a 70 year old man writing about credit cards which I knew nothing about and fact check it and make it beautiful and interesting I can do anything and I like worked that into my cover and they were like okay okay so you just gotta work with what you have even if you're like my experience is terrible if you could spin it you are golden it's all about how you spin it I love that. And you mentioned you, you work with freelancers. So what is, can you talk to the uh, listeners about what it's like to work in freelance and kind of how you, you manage that? Yeah. So like, I didn't know this was a job that existed until I got the internship and I was like, wait, I think this is my dream job that I was like bored to do. And I absolutely love it. And I got hired as an associate editor and now I moved up as the editor. So I manage like probably a hundred freelancers and a team of editors. And what we do a lot of is we'll kind of like think of stories that we want or like people we want to write for us and we'll reach out to them. So it's a lot of like thinking of ideas, which I love because I love having ideas and I have so many, but I don't want to do them. Like I want to package them and make them beautiful. But I'm like, I don't want to go and like do all this reporting. I used to want to be a reporter. And then I was like, wait a minute, I think I hate this. And like I said, my blog too, like I didn't like being told what to write. So I'm like, I don't know why I thought reporter was like my <laughs> next step, but I didn't know you could just be an editor. I thought you'd have to like be a reporter for 10 years and like all that stuff that's not true anymore. But um, we work with a ton of people around the world. Sometimes we get pitches too, and we work with them and you learn how to edit like so many different types of people and like interact with anybody. I love it because I can just be like, I have this idea. Like we had someone cook a Thanksgiving of only Guy Fieri recipes. Cause one day I was like, what if we just did that? And I was like, wait, I can have someone do that. And I found like an awesome writer who takes beautiful pictures and is a really good cook. I could never do it. And then I just help them turn it into like this beautiful finished project, like good SEO, nice pictures, nice thumbnails, like cleanly edited, nice and beautiful. And I just love doing, it. I love just being like tying the ribbon on like the present and just like putting it on the website. So that's what it feels like. That's kind of the vibe. It's a lot of like coming up with ideas. It's very chaotic. I'm always emailing like a million people and like organizing everything. I have like 50 color coded spreadsheets, but I thrive in the chaos of it. <laughs> talking with like so many different people and working with just people all around the world, which is super cool. So I, I love that. Yeah, that, that sounds awesome. And I think it's really cool how it allows, you know, like you were saying, you to kind of share the wealth of the stories. And there's a lot of people who want to write about certain things. And like you said, you know, you might not want to have to write about that whole thing while you're at a certain job or at a company. So that's really cool that you get to do that and kind of, you know, see everyone's different writing styles and work with them. Um, so kind of talking more about Insider. So what was your journey like to your job now? And what is what was that job process like for you right after college? Yeah, so I, the toward like the end of the first semester of senior year, I was like, I want to graduate with a job. I want something. I can't, I have to. Like the way that I am, I need something. So I made a spreadsheet and I applied to probably like a hundred jobs and internships, like probably too many, but I was just like, I was so determined. I want something. And I got one internship at like an obscure website that was like really low paid and like 
the website I hadn't really heard of. It sounded fun, but I was like, eh. I got one job offer to be like an editorial, as an assistant editor at like this website for like end of life and dying, which I was like, I could do it. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if that'd be good for me, but I could. And then I got this fellowship at Insider. And I was literally like, do I take a job or do I take a fellowship that might end up being just six months and then nothing? I was like, the fellowship just sounds like something I would want to do. Um, I was the first, and it was intern. They call them fellowships now, but it was intern at the time. So I was the first intern hired on that team ever. And my boss was like super great. And I learned so many things. And I also helped shape the internship because I was like, I want to edit more. Like, I want to do more stuff. Like, give me more responsibilities. Like, I can do it. I love it. So I eventually worked my way up and then I was able to get hired as an associate editor and our team went through a lot of changes. We had like a big team, a small team. Um, my boss ended up leaving for another position. And then my company was like, hey, you're the last one on this team. You're the only one here. Let's see what you got. And I was like, I was terrified, but I also was like, okay, wait, I have to, like, this is my moment, my time to shine. Like I have ideas, I can make them happen. And I just like totally took it over. And they were like, wait a minute, like you're doing a really good job. And I was like, yes, yes. This is <laughs> my spreadsheets and then they let me start hiring people so now I manage three people and I have a team of so many freelance writers that I can't even keep track and it kind of started from there I just went from like right out of college I got a fellowship I took a chance on it because I could have tried for the job but I was like this feels like the move and then I just kind of moved my way up from there and it just happened it honestly was like so much chance because when I applied to it, I had no idea what Insider was. Even though my cover letter, I was like, oh my gosh, I love doing this. Like, like sorry, Insider, if you're listening, I had no idea. But then once I got there, I was like, I love this website. Like, I I just feel like I fit so perfectly and I get it. And like, it just felt like, I'm like, I found what I'm supposed to be doing. And it was just such a good feeling because it's so rare to find like your first kind of job out of college. And like, I had so many internships where I was like, social media is not for me. This is not for me. I hate this. I don't want to do this. But with this, I was like, I love all of this. And I'm just so happy that I was able to kind of move up and just kind of build up this little team I have going. That's my tangent. <laughs> I love that. And it's so nice to see your passion for the job that you have and that you enjoy the company that you're at because, you know, that's, that's such an important part of the process too. Yeah. If you honestly, a company, the company that you end up at is such a big part of it. Like there were places I applied to that I was like, oh, this is always been my dream to work there. And now I read their content and I'm like, I could never, I could never like edit that with like a straight face or like feel good about publishing that. And like, I just like insiders content. It's just, it's so nice. Cause it's fun, but it's also like, like we're checking the facts. We're not doing clickbait. Like we're taking things seriously, but we're also like, here's a guy fairy Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I just, it's so much fun. I just love being able to do all kinds of stuff like that. Like we're doing that. We have like a feature of like former survivor players who spoke to us and we have like all these like fun secrets, like it's just so much fun to just have all these ideas and be able to like kind of see them through and work with really talented writers to just build like beautiful stories that are like on a website that I'm really proud of. <laughs> yes. I think every, anytime I come across like insider on Facebook or like Instagram, I feel like it's that, like that really niche article that I've been looking for that like brightens my day. <laughs> I think that's why my cover letter worked so well because I was like, I know the vibe you're trying to put out and I'm picking it up, even though I don't currently read the site as often as I said I did. <laughs> I know what you want and I will be your person to do it. And yes. I was right, I know it, but I was right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's one of the coolest parts of like working editorial too, is that all of these different publications have such like unique voices, like just reading, going from like Vogue to Cosmopolitan and then to like Insider and Buzzfeed, like everyone has such a different voice. And I feel like that's like, it's a certain type of people that have to work at all these different publications to like bring that voice to life. And I think that's really cool as well. Yeah. 
that's and that's where you'll be happiest too like literally I didn't edit test for like one of our competitors and I remember trying to write the story and I was like I want to punch myself in the face like I so ridiculous and like even my friend looked it over and she was like this doesn't sound like you and I was like it doesn't I don't think I would like this I thought this was my dream but I think I hate it but then with the edit test I was like this is genuinely fun and I remember I said that in my second round interview I was like and I think I come across as like very passionate and genuine that's one of the things they said they're like you're like one of the most passionate candidates we've had I'm like thank you so much I have a lot of energy and I love these things and I'm like I actually had a lot of fun in this edit test like not bullshitting you like I like this was so much fun and like if this is what the fellowship's gonna be like it's gonna be the best like and just even when I hire people I look for someone who's like genuinely excited and you can just tell it's like there's such a difference like when someone's like giving you like the energy and they're like like this would be like a dream and like you never want to be like this would be my dream job like I need this like you don't want to do that but when you're on the phone that's when you're like I'm gonna just show you like how excited I am because you don't want to work with someone who's like yeah, like I can do this. Like, it's fine. You want someone who's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do today? This is so fun. And not every job is fun, but like, especially editorial, it's like you want to be having fun a little bit. Yes, definitely. And, um, you know, speaking of edit tests, what are your tips, you know, for kind of acing the edit test? What do you think are the most important things you should keep in mind when you're doing one of those? Ooh, I would say before you even get an edit test, you read through the website and like look at their head, the way they write their headlines, the way they write their stories, like try to match that style. Like still stay true to the like way you are, but literally try to match the style. If they're asking you to pitch stories, make sure you're like pitching stuff that's probably not on their website already. Cause sometimes they'll think that you just like copied it from the website, even if you thought of it yourself. Um, definitely look to see like what kind of stories they do a lot of, cause it means our readers like it. Like if we do a lot of like Game of Thrones stories, you might want to like sneak in a Game of Thrones pitch. Or if you see us using one kind of framing a lot, like we do like ranking all of like Meryl Streep's movies. Like maybe your pitch would be like, oh, like, um, I can't think of an actor. Matt Damon's birthday is coming up. Like maybe we could rank his movies like in this similar style. It shows like you did your research, you read the website and like you have ideas. And like for the editing portion, like that can always be taught. So I'd say the most important parts is literally like, can you write a decent sentence? Do you have some personality? And like, do you know like what you're applying to? Because if your edit test is like, the worst ones are pitches where it's like, I don't think you read our website because those are stories that like Pop Sugar would totally publish, but we would not publish that. Like we don't frame our stories like that. Even with like the way the capitalization is in like your titles that you're pitching, like match to the website. It's such an easy detail, but it literally helps the person looking picture you like on the website. Like, what are you doing? What's good? And like, I don't know how every edit test is, but for mine, like we have a little bit of editing, a little bit of pitching. We have you like pick some photos because part of the job is like finding photos. So like literally just by reading the website, you will know what we want and what we're looking for. And like, I would say too, like, don't go too far above and beyond. Cause if we ask you for like five pitches and you give us 10, we're going to be like, <laughs> I don't know how to listen like respect, but like, Hmm. Some people view it like that. I would probably not like rule that out. I'd be like, Oh, cool. But like, Hmm. But some people will be like, you didn't listen to the prompt. So I would say read the instructions very, very carefully. And if you can try to get in a little bit under the time limit, like don't go too quickly, but if you have three hours, I would say take like two and a half because it looks impressive, but it doesn't look like you rushed. But if you need the full three, but I'm always impressed when it's like a little bit under and I'm like, nice timing, good, good. <laughs> and speaking of edit tests, you know, a lot of college students right now, if they're going for like an editorial internship, they're kind of going through that process right now. So what do you think is something that college students can be doing while in college to kind of prepare for these editorial opportunities? Yeah, I would say reaching out to people is a great place to start. Like whenever anybody from Marist reaches out to me, I always try to like talk to them and help them, whether I'm like 
you know, if you want to switch to an English major, do it because guess what? No one gives a crap about your major in most of the fields. No one even looks at it. If you can sell yourself, you will be fine. I would say make sure you have writing samples, like whether you're doing freelancing or if you're literally just publishing them on your own WordPress, just to show like, I know how to do this. Like I can write. Those look so great to have. It's always good to have writing samples. Even if you're not being published on like a big website, having those is really good. I'd say follow a bunch of like managing editors, recruiters, like just editors from companies, like literally make like a whole, what are those tw like Twitter lists of just like people you need to be following because they'll always post opportunities. Like when I have fellowships open, I tweet them. When the managing editor has positions open, she tweets them. Follow them at like all of your dream companies and literally watch them like a hawk. Sometimes they'll look for freelancers for certain things. Like I was recently looking for people to write about what they like to buy from Trader Joe's, Aldi and Costco. Anyone can write about that. Like if you're a college student, like that could even be your hook. So I would say like literally just always like raise your hand for an opportunity that you think you could really kill and like just follow everybody. Like keep a close eye, especially on Twitter, like follow everyone that you want to work with or work for. And I feel like you'll start to see opportunities that you can kind of jump on. <laughs> I love that you mentioned Twitter because, you know, I think that all with all these different social media platforms getting more popular, I think that Twitter is going to be like everlasting for the editorial community because, you know, that's the fastest way to get your story out there and for people to retweet and share news fast. So I think that was a great tip you shared about Twitter. Yeah, we love Twitter. And another thing too, one thing that they were saying in college was like, make sure your social media profiles are like sparkling clean. No one's going to want to hire you. And I remember being like, my Twitter handle is nuclear unicorns. <laughs> So stupid. I, I don't know why, but I'm like, it's too late to change it. I'm verified now. It is locked in. But I'm like, you know, if someone doesn't want to hire me because of my stupid tweets about One Direction when I was like 17, <laughs> where I thought I was being so funny and cool, but I wasn't, I'm like, maybe that's not a fit for me. Cause I'm almost like, I'm not doing anything crazy on Twitter. I'm just kind of like, ha ha ha, like, look at this thing. Ooh, like, just be yourself. Like, sometimes people do look at like social media when they're recruiting, as long as you're not like flipping off the camera and like doing anything illegal. Like, if you're just tweeting like fun jokes and like tweeting about your favorite shows and celebrities, like that is so good, especially if you want to work in entertainment. Like if you're tweeting about like albums and music and all kinds of stuff, like they notice and like, it looks good for you. It's like, oh, this person knows what's up and they care and they're excited. Even if they're a little weird, like they're having a good time. So I'd say like, also just like be the way you are, except maybe a little filtered if you're a little bit like raunchy or something, but <laughs> it's and someone has like a nice personality on Twitter is like sharing their work and stuff or even tweeting about stuff they like. I would say be genuine because the, the Twitter profiles where it's like too stuffy, where you're like, you're only using this because of like a college class. Like this is not genuine. You're just like, this article was so interesting. And that's like all you ever tweet. You don't feel like a real person anymore. So like be yourself, show your interests, especially if you're applying to something in a field that it's like, it's really good that you love travel because it's like a travel PR position. So like if you show that you've been tweeting about it for like months, it's so genuine and it's such a leg up like a sneaky thing I don't think everyone texts Twitter but it's like it's one of those things they'll find you peak. I've been trying to get I used to be active like back in the day on Twitter and then I kind of like lost it and then I finally got back on it like the last month before graduation and like now but now like some professors follow me on there and I'm like tweeting about like the Gossip Girl reboot and like the One Tree Hill podcast and I'm like ooh, I hope they enjoy <laughs> it's just like yeah. so weird to see them like online and stuff I feel that. Yeah, I think the editors in chiefs of my company follow me on Twitter. And sometimes they'll be like, can't wait to see the Lord concert. Like, it's going to change my freaking life. Also, like, hairstyle is my favorite. And I'm just like, this is me. This is who I am. I'm authentic on Twitter. You can mute me. <laughs> Haven't muted me so far, as far as I know, because they still like my tweets. Even our editor in chief, Nick Carlson, favorited one of my tweets about rom coms. And I was like, paste. Nice to see it. Glad you're enjoying my content. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so, 
one last question I have to ask you in kind of like a different section of the podcast. Um, so I know you talk a lot about like finding an apartment and asking for a raise, that sort of aspect of you know, the adulting. Um, so what are your best tips, you know, for finding that first apartment and like navigating like your first job? Yeah, so I not gonna lie when I first accepted my first job offer I didn't negotiate anything I literally remember going into it I'm like I'm gonna negotiate I'm gonna be so tough I've read all the books I know and I literally was just like I'm just so happy to be here yes so I don't recommend doing that I recommend like if someone is offering you a job they want you they really want you to hire like they want to hire you I know there's been some cases where like some companies will be a little shady but I know especially with insider like if we give you an offer like we really want you like you killed it you'd be awesome and there's usually is some wiggle room so I'd say just just don't worry about asking for money. I think everyone's fear is like, they're going to take back the offer. The reality is the worst case, they'll be like, we really can't offer you more. And the best case is like, yeah, we can do that. And you're like, Hell yeah, I just got more money. <laughs> kind of like vouch for yourself, especially if you have like concrete things you can say, you're like, I got this much traffic. I landed this many clients. Like if you have those things to do, like you have such a great place to come from to argue. And you can even say things like, I really can't do less than this because there a way we can maybe make it work. And if not, like get some perks, you can get extra vacation days or something. And like, don't feel like you don't deserve that because it's your first job. Like if they want you, they want you and they will try to get you. And sometimes they really can't do more, but I think most of the time they can probably give you a little more money or some perks. And for apartment hunting, it is like, I made a spreadsheet as I do with many things. It's super helpful for tracking like who I reached out to. I would say it's really helpful to find like a realtor or like one person who can like show you all the apartments because otherwise you'll end up running from like place to place to place and like trying to time everything and like walking around in February in the freezing cold trying to figure out which apartment you're supposed to look at next. So I think they come with fees, but like you can usually get a broker fee waived. I'm a horrible negotiator because I literally paid full price of rent and didn't try to negotiate because I was like, I need this apartment because it's perfect. And if I don't get it, I'm going to be so upset. So I'm like, <laughs> I'll pay full price. So I stand out. Um, I would say make sure you have a good credit score because that will give you such a leg up. Sometimes they won't even show you an apartment until you tell them your credit score. So if you have a good one, fantastic. If not, that's a great thing to do while you're like kind of job hunting or figuring out your next move. Like literally just build up your credit by like charging things and paying them on time or like becoming an authorized user on like your parents' card if they let you and they'll do that. This is my credit.com coming through. But it's so (laughs) good to have a good credit score because it like will make your application stand out, which is really great. Um, Have a budget in mind. Definitely go see the neighborhood in person and like hang around a little bit and see if you actually like it. Like where we originally wanted to live, we went there and we're like, okay. And then we went to visit my friend in the next neighborhood nearby that I didn't think we could afford because it's like a really cute neighborhood. And I was like, wait, I think I love this. And she's like, you could find something. So like literally just have all of your alerts on for Zillow and Street Easy and everything and just pounce. Like if you see something, go see it. Like get your offer in, literally tell your realtor, I want to get this apartment tonight. What can you do for me? We had two realtors in the same apartment accidentally and I felt really bad. And they were both really nice, but I was like, whichever one of them can get me this application in tonight, that is my realtor. That's who's getting like a cut of whatever the, I don't know how it works. I'm not like a pro, but like, that's the realtor. And I sent like a nice apology to the other one, but I was like, at the end of the day, I need this apartment. This is my dream. Also know what you're like, you're, you're like, I need this or I can't live there. Like for me, I wanted laundry in the unit and I had to be able to bring my cats. Some buildings were like, you can't have a cat. So if you get rid of them, you can live here. And I'm like, some guy literally called me and was like, yeah, I saw you have two cats. That's not going to work. So like, how attached are you to them? And I was like, <laughs> oh, they're my pets. Like, I'm not going to get rid of them and live in your building, but thanks. He's like, if anything changes, call me. I was like, thank you. Um, if it's a building that's like a big building, look up reviews, go on Reddit. 
I don't really go on Reddit often, but when I was moving to the area, I went to like that neighborhood's Reddit and I was like, where's like a good place to live? Like, what's like, a, like, what is the, like, what is the crime actually like? Cause it's so nice to hear from real people. And like everyone who lived here loved it. I'm like, okay, I think I'm sold. And the other neighborhood people were like, eh, like maybe not. So just doing a lot of digging and like, I found out I knew some people who like lived where I wanted to live. So I kind of hit them up. Even though I was like, you don't really know me well. Like, I think we have like one class together and this seems weird, but I saw that you live in Jersey city. And she was like, oh my gosh, I like, I would love to talk about it and like tell you all the things. And I'm like, yes. It's like, if anyone thinking of moving to Jersey city, like hit me up, happy to chat. I love it here. That is where I ended up moving. I never would have thought I'd end up in Jersey city, but you know, the prices are so much better than Manhattan and I don't need to be in Manhattan. I, I enjoy it from afar. I go 15 minutes and I'm there, but <laughs> I go off so far on tangents, but that is my long-winded advice for apartment hunting. No, that was a lot of great tips. And I'm glad that you mentioned the Jersey City thing too, because I think a lot of people don't think about, you know, all those different neighborhoods that are close to New York, but you know, not exactly in New York. And I watch so many of those YouTube videos of like people going on apartment hunting or like realtors and like they always find such cute places there too. Yeah, downtown Jersey City is so cute. It literally has like such a nice city vibe, but you get so much space. Like you get actual rooms and closets and space. <laughs> 15 minutes and you're in downtown Manhattan. That is such a good commute. I wish more people would like consider Jersey City because everyone's like, I have to live in New York. And it's like, you could be living a nice life here and you could be right like a jump from the city. But I, I'm like still pretty new here. It's been a couple months, but so far I'm just like, wow. I wish I knew sooner that Jersey City existed because I never thought about it. Only heard about it because my friend who I work with happened to live here and she was like, no, like this is the best. And I was like, wait a minute. I think this is the best. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I have one last question for you for the podcast. And it's one that I asked all my guests, but who is your favorite girl boss? I think you emailed me this question in advance. And I literally was sitting there. And I was like, I, I don't know. I'm like, who inspires me? Like who does a lot of things? And one of the first people that popped into my head was honestly Rihanna. And it's mostly because everyone's like Rihanna released music. And she's just like, no, I'm going to release a successful lingerie line. I'm going to do a fashion show. I'm going to release like all these amazing cosmetics and maybe someday I'll do music and I'm just going to look amazing and do all these things. And I just, I love that. Cause she's literally like, fans are like begging her for music. And she's like, I have other things that I want to do. She's built like such an empire. And it's just, I think it's just so cool. And I just love that she's like, I'm just going to look amazing and do what I want to do. And I'm going to be great at it. I'm like, go for it. Go off. Yes. Rihanna is such a queen. And I, and I think she's getting into furniture too. I think I heard, read that somewhere, but she is like becoming like a music queen and entrepreneur queen. Like she's doing so many cool things. Yeah. She, she's just such a badass. Maybe she'll come back to music and that would still be good because her music is pretty good. But even if she had furniture, like I'm in, I'm down. Even the Fenty stuff, the lip gloss is so yes. good. I lost but I was like this is everything <laughs> yeah every one of her products is like packaged so well and like goes with her brand and everything makes you look like glowy and everything it's awesome she's killing it and that I think that's so cool too just being able to do like so many different things and do it well that is like the girl boss vibe it's literally just being able to just be like mm, let's try this and I'm gonna do an amazing job at it amazing Rihanna incredible work <laughs> <laughs> well Paige thank you so much for being on the show and I was so glad to have you um, and be sure to, for everyone to follow her on Twitter on her, uh, what's your username again? <laughs> Florence. <laughs> yes. And thank you so much again for being on the show. Yep, of course. Thank you for having me. This has been really fun.
And that's our episode. Be sure to tune in next week for more tips and tricks of the trade. Peace out, com girls.